Welcome to Faith and Culture Now. Today I'm joined with Taylor Carter. Taylor, thanks for being here. Thank you. It's an honor, sir. All right. I'm glad to have you here. Today we're going to be talking about the issue of poverty and homelessness. And we're going to be talking about what the church can do about that and how it affects our society. Uh, just to uh, throw out some numbers, today in our world approximately 1 billion children live in poverty. 805 million people don't have enough food around the world. 750 million people are victims of not having clean drinking water. And uh, the poverty line in the United States right now is around 12.3%. The threshold for poverty is for two adults and two children to be making a little over $25,000 a year. So there are approximately 12.3% of our population with that kind of statistic making less than that amount per year for their family. Um, of the children worldwide living in poverty, 41 of 1,000 die before the age of five years old. So for every 1,000 children born in poverty, 41 don't make it. And one in 36 of those um, dies in the first month. So uh, overall, around the world, 63 million people cannot attend school because of the impoverished conditions in which they live. And 75% of the people that are living in poverty around the world, especially children, uh, that is, uh, live in the sub-Saharan Africa and Asia. And um, of these uh, people who are living in poverty, what we know is that the least socioeconomic development in areas are also the least uh, involved with Christian influence. In other words, the highest levels of poverty in the world tend to have the least amount of Christian influence, which I think says something for Christianity, but it also says something for where we still need to go in Christianity. So uh, with that being said, uh, Taylor, what are some of your thoughts on what Scripture has to say about poverty? So the uh Jesus will tell you whatever you've done to me, the least of me you've done to me. And uh, whatever you, uh, that, that's whether you do good to somebody or whether you do bad to somebody, whether you acknowledge somebody or whether you ignore somebody, the least of him, anything good or bad, you're doing to Jesus. And you need to remember that. Whether that brother, you know, the, the Bible uses the, the term neighbor, but what is a neighbor? Your neighbor is anybody in general. That's right. We are humans and we are brothers and sisters in Christ, we are neighbors together. Um, so just, you know, the, the Bible continuously has Jesus doing good for other people. And um, I know people have heard, what would Jesus do? And that needs to be influenced a lot more in people's minds and lives in every day, not just Sunday, not just maybe Wednesday, but every day. Because if you, the, the Bible tells you, if you see God, you live his lifestyle, things will be blessed to you so you can bless others yeah. and things are not blessed to you just so you can buy mansions you can have all this stuff stuff is great but it's material and whether material or immaterial you need to bless others with that because we are called to do that as servants of Jesus yeah very good and scripture we find sort of in what we call progressive revelation where you look at what earlier scriptures have to say and then you look at what later scriptures have to say in the time period in which they were written and you go, okay, what does the Bible teach on this aspect or this particular topic as a whole? And so one of the earliest scriptures written was the law, which includes Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy 15:11, it says, For there will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore, I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy and the poor in your land. In other words, um, there's a commandment for God's people in Deuteronomy 
to take care of the poor in their land. Uh, when you go down a little bit further, you get to the book of Proverbs written by Solomon. So this is um, a significant time after Moses. Uh, but um, Proverbs 14.31 says, Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. So it's important to honor the needy. It's also important to honor the Lord through honoring the needy. And if you don't take care of the poor, if you have no heart to take care of the poor, it's an insult directly to God. Uh, in uh, Proverbs 31, you also get in verses 8 through 9, uh, the scripture says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Oftentimes, people who are in significant poverty don't have much voice in, in the community. They don't have much voice in the um, economic realm. And so if no one's willing to stand up and fight for their needs, a lot of times their needs aren't met. Uh, but when you move to the New Testament, you find very similar teachings. 1 John 3.17 says, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? In other words, if you love God and you see needs and you have the ability and means to meet those needs or to help that person get in contact with someone who can meet those needs and you choose to close your heart to that person, you have to ask yourself, well, do I really love God? Because God's commands are love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then the second commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. And just as you were saying a few minutes ago, you know, everybody's your neighbor. It's important to uh, try to take care of anyone you have the ability to you know, take care of and show concern and love for anyone in your sphere of influence. So, Yeah, and you know, back to Proverbs real quick, the insults. Mm -hmm. um, that's not saying that I'm going to insult you with my words. You know, that could be saying you're seeking out to me and I ignore you. That's an insult as well. Mm -hmm. And people continuously insult whether by, it, there is verbal problems, but um, yeah. mentally as well. Yeah, the insult is problem. that you are showing them less value. You're saying you don't have the value uh, that God has created you to have. Therefore, I'm not going to give you this you know this concern this time of day so you're not good enough exactly and so. the the Bible will also tell you that if you have God in your heart and you continuously seek God and God's love and uh, grace and mercy um, you will find that going out to others at one time you may not have been oh, you know okay I'll do this but once you have that love and mercy inside of you you will find yourself wanting to go out wanting yeah. to help this person or that person or these people and doing so without God's love is is just doing so and mm -hmm. but doing whenever you have God's mercy and grace inside of you when you start doing so that is God's love because you're doing that for him mm -hmm. you know that is in you so Taylor you have a little bit of a story and a history with um, dealing with poverty dealing with homelessness uh, would you would be willing to share some of your story with us here today? Yeah, sure. So, uh, when I <clears throat> when I graduated high school, I lived in a homeless shelter. Uh, I didn't. I, I left home, um, and uh, I, before I actually went to the shelter, I was you know here and there on the street, really, uh, with a couple friends. But whenever I had to drop out of high school because I could not, uh, I was truant, mm -hmm. and I wasn't going to go to jail. I wasn't going to pay any fines because I was working. 
mm -hmm. uh, that would be pointless. So you know, I dropped out of high school that that summer. My principal he got a hold of me and he said, "Look, if you stay at this shelter, I can get you to be an emancipated minor." Mm -hmm. So being that, you don't have to come to school. You come and turn in your work, and we we won't hold you truant. You come when you can. Mm -hmm. So that is really uh, because uh, you know uh, my high school principal. That was the only reason I graduated. But then um, after that, I didn't. Um, I didn't continue to, uh, to, you know, do well exactly. I, you know, I ran the streets for a while, and I, I was, I was never in God's love, mercy. Although it was there, I never saw it. I never understood God's love um, until I was about uh, 20, 21, and uh, I was working down in Sickerville, and every single day I would drive past this little bitty church, this Robinwood Baptist Church, every day. And one day I said, Well, I think I'm gonna go there on Sunday, <laughs> and I went there that Sunday, and I, my life was changed by that. So, um, you know, I was baptized there. Um, <clears throat> I served there a good while. I did some help with their, their youth there, the, the children. But then it's still, something still wasn't right. So, you know, I, I came back to Dallas and, you know, I was, uh, I was staying at the bridge, going back from the bridge to Union Gospel Mission, two homeless shelters uh, here in Dallas. One day I walked up to somebody at the bridge and I said, look, I'm trying to finish school. I'm, you know, uh, I'm just, what, I need a program. And they sent me to a place called the Men of Nehemiah. But the lady, when she sent me there, she sent me to the wrong address. Mm -hmm. So I ended up meeting somebody who um, I currently do ministry with still now at the uh, Nehemiah house. Mm -hmm. And they had a, a every every Saturday they had what they called a Solomon's porch where they feed, they have worship, they uh, preach, they everything. Uh, they have uh, clothes. It's an amazing thing. And. So by, by God's grace, you know, I met these people going to the wrong place, mm -hmm. and that's where my life was changed completely. Yeah. So now, uh, you know, I, I do, uh, this is years later now, we actually started our own ministry. We have a little bit smaller um, homeless ministry here in Dallas, based out of Dallas. We strictly run under the bridges and go to different places, people in their places of, you know, uh, habitats. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, that's... Uh, once you once you start seeking God, you'll see that He will He will put it in your heart to do well to others. Uh, you know, my big heart right now is homeless uh, youth. We have a lot of youth in our homeless shelters and running the streets. You know, some of these people you look at and you just think, man, this guy could be, you know, he's six seven, he could be playing basketball, but he's in in, in, a, in a homeless shelter, probably not going to graduate because of that. Mm -hmm. And that's our youth is our future. Mm -hmm. um, and we need to. Those are the ones that are my heart for in general. Um, yeah. So I think, uh, you know, when it comes to the church, you know, uh, especially, I mean, you, you and I are in downtown Dallas, so we see a lot of urban work that needs to be done. And in urban settings like this, you see a higher number of truly homeless people. And uh, so you have a lot of people that may be watching this that are living in a more rural area or you know maybe they're not in the metroplex and so where they're at they don't see as much of this kind of poverty uh, where people are sleeping under an overpass and uh, or sleeping in a tent until the city comes in and puts a gate up uh, and a fence up around where they were you know putting their tent and uh, then they have to go find somewhere else um, uh, so what are some things that churches can do to try to help with people who are living under poverty you know here in America well, you know, they're um, in the church in a sense. Um, 
they have ministries and then they have churches. They have ministries from churches and they mm -hmm. have single ministries. Mm -hmm. Churches really, in my opinion, need to team up with these ministries that mm -hmm. are min you know, ministers, ministries that are on the streets on every day. Mm -hmm. Church, uh, you need a church, you need a home base that is your family and home. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, ministries, they go out on a daily basis, on some daily basis, weekly, but you know, they go, they are on the streets, you know, uh, uh, while churches don't see everything that happens. So in mm -hmm. my opinion, the churches need to uh, team up more with local small ministries in their sure. community because we have plenty of churches, we have plenty of ministries. Yeah. And if they are on the same team, they need to be on the same page. Sort of like finding the expert, if you will. Exactly. Right? The exactly. church goes, hey, we recognize this is a need in our community. How do we help? Oh, let's go find people that they're doing this 24-7 and ask them what they need and then we as a church can see how we can exactly. help give to that to help them be fully funded, fully staffed, whatever, so that they can actually be most effective in helping people in the situation. Exactly. So You know, not, uh, not trying to uh, talk down on anything or anybody, but ministries, there are, there are ministries out there that are 100% non-profit ministries. Mm -hmm. We are 100% non-profit ministries. There mm -hmm. are more, we meet them. Mm -hmm. Churches, they need this. They need people on staff. That, so not saying anything wrong with that. But at the same time, mm -hmm. that church's money going to the ministry as, you know, donations, that helps in more than one way. Mm -hmm. And that um, being on the same page, just again, is a, is a big thing. I, I once talked to a pastor of a church that it got a little irritated um, thinking that, you know, well, you're saying that the church doesn't do enough. No, mm -hmm. the church is doing exactly what they need to do. They're talking, they're preaching, you know, they're mm -hmm. forming their family of God. They're baptizing people. We are just on the streets to those people who can't make it to that church mm -hmm. and are feel unwelcomed at the church. Mm -hmm. The church may not, um, you know, the Bible will tell you, so I hope and no church will, but the church should uh, not make any one person feel unwelcome. And sure. they should welcome everybody. Um, but the people who may have heard of God, may have felt some of Jesus' love, or may have never heard of him, mm -hmm. they don't feel welcome because mm -hmm. they may, you know, look different. They may mm -hmm. have rags on, but, yeah. you know, the Bible speaks of that. Sure, and it may not be that the church isn't welcoming them. Exactly. It's just that they themselves are going, oh, I don't know if I can go in there. They feel. And so, you know, just like Christ said in the Great Commission, right, you go to the people where they're at. Exactly. You know, you as you go in your life, you, you take the gospel with you, and... If these people are in your path, then you take the gospel to these people where you where you are. So, you know, and uh, Jesus left the ninety-nine for one, mm -hmm. and not saying one person we're going to meet on the street, but there are more than ninety-nine people in a church. So, mm -hmm. given the, uh, the 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 ninety-nine to one ratio, if you go out to them, homeless people in there, that's our one person. Yeah, sure. In a sense, because we're leaving the church setting. The uh, you know we're a comfortable setting to go where we're uncomfortable to meet the one person. Yeah, certainly. And um, you know when it comes to uh, individuals helping uh, meet the needs of, of others who are in need, you know what are some advice or what are some tips? What is some advice? What are some tips you would give uh, to individuals who have a heart for reaching uh, people who are in poverty? That's great because first off, I we as a ministry will tell you we do not approve of given out money mm -hmm. to homeless people whatever their story you know might be their 
you know, you will find a lot of people where you say, here, get in the car, I'll take you to get something to eat. No, just give me the money. They're not wanting anything to eat. Mm -hmm. And it's sad to say they're wanting this or that that's not, not godly. Mm -hmm. And it's only going to hurt them. You know, um, we, uh, there, you can simply search and mm -hmm. look for ministries. But if you really want to help just yourself, uh, first off, don't go by yourself. Mm -hmm. Have, especially women, you need to have two people, probably more than that, but mm -hmm. don't go by yourself. But you can go and simply get hygiene kits. You can build a hygiene kit. You know, uh, if, if you can get soap, uh, water's awesome, non-perishable foods, mm -hmm. they, they put it up and last. You will be amazed at how much someone can make this last mm -hmm. and whenever you eat that in one setting. People who don't eat regularly on a daily basis, they will make that last for days. Oh yeah. We actually give out blessing bags, is what we call them. They're mm -hmm. little drawstring bags, not too anything anything too major. Mm -hmm. In that bag, there's a toilet paper roll. Mm -hmm. There's uh, two waters, a Gatorade. There's uh, some tuna. Um, mm -hmm. uh, just you know, hygiene kit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, that will last three days. You know, mm -hmm. and it's amazing because a lot of us will eat that in one day. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, there's um, there's countless options, uh, but like I said, I would not, uh, we would not give out money directly to somebody. Some people may say, well, I want a bus pass. Well, all right, maybe you can go get them a bus pass, mm -hmm. um, but still, giving out money, do not go alone. Mm -hmm. um, anything that you use at your home, they can use too. Mm -hmm. They are humans as well. They need to clean and they need to eat, sleep, you know, they need to do that drink. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, you know, a razor and some shaving cream uh, is just as you know. Just because someone doesn't have a home doesn't mean they don't need to, to shave. Exactly. Um, you know, if you uh, are someone who's frequently had people knock at your door and say, "Hey, do you have anything you can give to the food pantry down the street?" You know, a lot of times what we do is we go and say, "You know, nobody really wants to eat this on the shelf. Let's just give this away." Uh, but whether you know, if you don't want to eat it, they probably don't want to eat it either, right? So. Um, when you're thinking about what to give, you know, you don't go, hey, let me see what I despise and then I'll give that. Instead you say, okay, what would I need? You know, what, what kind of things would I enjoy having? Well, they would probably enjoy having the same stuff. So uh, I would encourage you that when you do give, that you think about, you know, not just giving the cheapest thing or the thing you like the least, but rather um, try to give the same kind of things you would have. Um, especially with food, uh, with food items. So, you know that goes back to having God in your life. Because mm -hmm. if, when you have God in your life, you'll feel completely changed and different. And if you, if that's true in real love, you will seek out what they want because that's what you want. Mm -hmm. If you're giving someone what you don't want, then you're not loving that person. Exactly. Exactly. Well, um, Taylor, thanks so much for your time yeah. today. Thanks for it's being awesome. here. Thanks for so, having me. Um, if you have questions about uh, homeless ministries and, and uh, wanting to know more about how to help with homeless ministries or helping with people in poverty, uh, you can certainly look at the, the blog post on faithinculturenow.com and uh, we'll have some additional resources there. We'll have a link to your website there for y'all's ministry. And uh, we'll also um, uh, try to uh, put some information on there on just uh, uh, ways that churches can help with benevolence and help with meeting the needs of people in their own congregations. So uh, until next time, we'll see you again. Thank you.